0: All right, let's go ahead and take our Bibles tonight. Let's look over the book of Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20 tonight. Kids did a great job. Good job, guys. That's a great song, isn't it? He knows my name. He knows my name. Does he know your name? That's the real issue, isn't it? Does he know your name? That's important. Alright. Well, these are great days we live in, aren't they? Am I loud enough? I just feel like I'm, I'm pushing a little bit. Good. All right. These are great days, aren't they? I mean, we live in the greatest times in all history. And again, you know, you you know, you could wish that you lived back, I don't know, back in uh, the days of Jesus Christ when he walked the earth. You could maybe wish you lived back in 1950 for all I know. I don't know. But what I do know is that there's no more exciting days in, on the calendar of God than now. I mean, really, you think about what's going on. There are more people in the world than ever. There's more opportunity and means by which to reach them. We live in an exciting era, an exciting time in life. And for Community Baptist Temple, we're in a very, very crucial, very pivotal, very uh, at a crossroad in our ministry, we're excited about what God's doing. And well, we're just glad to be a part of it. Aren't you just humbled today to be a part of something like that? You could travel across this country, you could attend a number of churches, and you'll find that a number of churches aren't quite where we're we're at and what we're doing. Not that they're doing anything wrong, but we are blessed today to be in a position that we're in to go to another level. That other level is totally put into our hands. God's already placed the vision, God's already put us in motion. The question is now, will we accept the challenge and move forward for God? And I believe tonight that we as a church have made that decision and we're going to make that reality with God's help. And no doubt about it that God's got to do it, but let me tell you something. He always uses His people to accomplish the job. I make no apology for telling you you're going to have to sacrifice to make this happen. There's no apology at all offered to you tonight. I want you to understand that nothing great done for God comes cheap. Now listen, I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about your prayers and your commitment and your faith. You cannot allow the devil to get in there and mess things up for Community Baptist Temple. You cannot allow a critical spirit to embrace your heart. You cannot allow the the talk and the chatter to disrupt your spiritual walk with Jesus Christ. You better make sure that you're on guard because when we're going through this, just like we found a year ago or so since this all began, we've seen God, uh, the God of this world attack our church, attack our homes, and attack our people. And don't think for a minute He's done attacking. Hold on to your seat because the devil's coming and he's looking for us. Now listen, that's okay. Because the moment the devil stops looking and stops attacking, means that we're absolutely moving nowhere and going and doing nothing. So be glad that the devil, the the God of this world, is, is a little bit upset. Because that means something's going on positive. Something for Jesus Christ is happening. And we want God to be glorified. Listen, you'll notice we've not had but only a couple of work days. You know why? Because we don't want to lose sight of what's most important. We've done a number of things up at the carousel. There's been a lot of work that's been accomplished. However, there is not one thing done in that building that's more important than knocking them doors and reaching people with the gospel. Not one thing. There's not one building in this world more important than the soul that's still out there lost and in need of Jesus Christ. I don't want you to lose sight of what's most important. Listen, I, I tell you, I'd rather spend money today. If I knew that we could get 1,000 souls saved with $10,000, I'd rather dump the $10,000 in the souls than put it up in the building. That's how I feel. And God will take care of a people who are taking care of His business. So let's just stay faithful and let's stay at it. And I appreciate the faithfulness of God's men. I watch you up there work and you work hard. And I'm watching men work hard in reaching people with the gospel week in, week out as well. And for that, I'm grateful. And as a pastor, I'm excited and proud of the men and the women that serve at Community Baptist Temple. Revelation chapter 20, verse 12. Let's start in verse 11. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now again, we are very aware that this is a a passage that addresses that final judgment or the judgment we call the great white throne. Now, we know there's a judgment seat of Christ, and we realize that there's a great white throne. But I do believe there's some things that are similar about those two judgments. Obviously, in the book of Corinthians, we're told, If any man's work abide which he hath built thereon, he shall receive a reward. Obviously, God's keeping record, even for believers today. Somehow, God's keeping record. He knows exactly what we're doing, what we're not doing. He knows our heart, our attitude, the sort of faith that we have, as well as just the amount of it. He's looking, He's watching, He's observing, The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, beholding the good and the evil. The Bible here in this particular passage, verse 12, Revelation 20 says, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. The books are going to be opened. The books are going to be opened. Well, I know I'm not going to stand at that judgment, judged of my sin. I realize that. But I'm going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and give an account of my life after I've been saved. I'm going to tell you, God has a book and He's going to open it. He's going to see what God, what He's been doing in our life and what we've allowed Him to do in our lives. There's a record being kept. Just because you are saved doesn't mean that you can live and do whatever you please without consequences. There are consequences because there are either rewards or there is shame when we come face to face with Jesus Christ. The books will be opened. In accounting, those books are what we would call ledgers. And those ledgers reflect and reveal the financial solubility of a particular company. The ledgers reveal the true status of that company. Its state. Is it a strong, stable, soluble company? Or is it a declining, desperate, and dead company? All you need to do is open the books. All you need to do is check the ledger. All you need to do is look at the bottom line and you can tell. Every week we have a broadcast that airs on WNIR at 8 o'clock a.m. Sunday morning. This particular station has the highest ratings in the area and it has for a number of years. The real figurehead of that station was a man by the name of Howie Chiswick. He's the voice of WNIR. When you think of that station, you think of him. He was a daytime talk show host. His morning talk show was listened to by thousands every single day. You go into businesses around the Akron area, and you, turn on the, you listen to what's being played on the radio above or beyond you, and you hear his voice cutting through the noise and the chatter. Most often, he was a voice of reason. He was an advocate for values and common sense. It's been said, or it was said, that arguably he was the most famous voice in Akron. Howie Chiswick died of a heart attack during a Saturday flight to Florida. When he died, he was promoting his New Adventure Youth program, which... Treated ten children each summer to a trip to Disney World. He also created a helping hand food program to feed people in Akron. He was literally one of the most generous people, Isabella, a co-worker, said. This news shocked me. Although it really shouldn't have. I walked in this morning and someone said, Did you hear how he died? It shocked, shocked me. And again, as I said, it really shouldn't have, because the Bible says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. The Bible teaches, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? Is even a vapor that appeared for a little time and then vanisheth away. I began to think about Friday. You say, Friday? Yeah, Friday. I began to wonder about all the cares and the concerns that I'm sure that Mr. Chiswick had. Then it hit me. Come Saturday, not one of those things mattered one bit. Not one of them. I mean Saturday he was fighting for his life. Saturday he ultimately took his last breath. And there wasn't one thing on Saturday that mattered to him from Friday. Not one. He seemed like a kind man. He seemed like a wise man, really. He seemed like someone that I certainly could get along with. As a matter of fact, Joshua, my son, delivers the broadcast on Thursdays. He says every Thursday, he runs in to Howie Chiswick, and Howie Chiswick always recognizes him and always talks to him. But Friday was his last show. Or at least, the last time he'd have to worry about anything in life. The Bible tells us the books were opened. See, God is keeping record of our life. A man can spend his life accumulating wealth. He can spend it building his fortune in heaven. It's up to him. See, you have to understand tonight that there are two ledgers. In my hand, I have two books. These are ledgers, if you will. See, I believe God is keeping record. There's an earthly ledger. and There's an eternal ledger. There are only two. Again, a ledger will ultimately determine how soluble, how stable you are, the company is. It often shows the bottom line. It shows your treasures. Tonight I want to consider the ledgers of life. Just take a few moments and consider the ledgers of life. Father, we come to you. We ask, Lord, for your leadership tonight. May our hearts be encouraged tonight. Lord, we do pray for the Chiswick family. God, He was a voice in Akron that probably most in this auditorium had heard and maybe even listened to on a regular basis. Lord, people's hearts are heavy. They're certainly mourning for Him and His family. I pray, Lord, You'd bless Him and His family. That, Lord, I trust and hope and pray He was a Christian. Lord, for His family, I pray, Lord, that You'd bring them comfort and help them. Lord, if they aren't Christians, may they find Christ. The God of heaven, we're asking You, Lord, to help us tonight. To be aware of these ledgers and to really give consideration to where we're really stockpiling our assets. Help us now, Lord, to give some thought to it today. We'll thank you as you do a work in our lives. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. The majority of people in this life are busy building a portfolio for this life only. They are investing in their earthly ledger. They're concerned about padding their pockets and building their bank accounts. Their earthly ledgers are growing regularly. I think about some of those in Scripture that the Lord Jesus Christ speaks to us about or that He gives us some insight to. I think about the the book of Luke, chapter 12. Turn there if you would, please. As we notice a man who was building and growing His earthly ledger. Luke chapter 12, beginning in verse 15. He said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth, And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I'll pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I'll say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself, and is not rich toward God. In our passage, we are introduced to a man who laid up treasure on earth. His earthly ledger was growing by leaps and bounds as you opened up the books, as you began to search through them, you saw that he had goods and wealth and fame and fortune. He was known by the people in his town and he was recognized as wealthy. He was recognized as one of those that were preeminent in his society and in the civilization. Oh yeah, you could say, hey, let me talk to one of the rich men here. Oh, you need to go down the street. You'll see he's building some new barns, by the way. He's put in some new businesses. He's going ahead and really invested in our community. Oh, he's making progress and he's building in the ledger of life, the earthly ledger. But unfortunately, he died. As everyone does. There's another man building. I want you to look if you would. To the book of Acts, chapter 12. Early on in church history, an enemy of Christianity stood persecuting the church and the men of God. A king by the name of Herod ruled in Jerusalem. The grandson of Herod the Great, who had been alive at the time of Jesus' birth. This particular king was known for being gracious over But he was also insanely ambitious, which led him to an insatiable desire to be popular. As a result of that, he would ultimately become a persecutor of Christians in Jerusalem. In Acts chapter 12, early on in the chapter, you'll see that Peter is cast into prison, he's ultimately supernaturally freed by the angel of the Lord. I mean, Herod's balance sheet was growing. It was building. He had attained to the position, to the prosperity and to the notoriety that all men desire in this life. His earthly ledger was growing. And as you began to look through it, you could tell that he was comfortable. He sat on the throne and he ruled in Jerusalem. And his word was gospel and it was command. Whatever he said happened. Well I'll tell you what, it looks like he's setting pretty today. He's got all the money he could ever need. He has the preeminence that only that brings all kind of respect. He has attained to positions of authority and rulership. People certainly, certainly fear Him and certainly admire Him and certainly would like to be Him, right? The earthly ledger looks pretty good. But notice verse 21. And upon a set day, Herod arrayed in royal apparel, sat upon his throne and made an oration unto them. The people gave a shout saying, It is the voice of a God and not of a man. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him. Because he gave not God the glory. And he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. His bank account was full that day. He had everything that the world said was success. His earthly ledger... Fool. Finally, we read about another rich man. Whose earthly greatness is noted by even Christ Himself. Look in Luke chapter 16, if you would please. Notice what it says in verse 19. Beginning in verse 19, chapter 16. The book of Luke. Luke there was a certain rich man sadly that's what most people in the world want to be more than anything else they want to be rich what's even more alarming is that most Christians are willing to sell out their savior in order to get the gold There was a certain rich man. That means that his earthly ledger was pretty full. Notice what it says here, which was clothed in purple and fine linen. He was rich and he had all the pomp and he had everything else that went with it. I mean, he was driving a Mercedes Benz and a Rolls Royce. His chariot wheels had those ones that spin even when you're sitting. I mean, this guy had it going. His earthly ledger was bountiful. When you opened it up, there was nothing in the red. It was all the black. He goes on to say here in the passage, not only was a rich man, clothed in purple and fine linen, but he fared sumptuously every day. He ate the finest foods. He dined with the most prominent people. He had everything the world said was success again. Earthly ledger, fool. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sores, verse 21, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died. By the way, everybody dies. Unless you're here when Jesus comes and you are in Christ, you too will die and so will I. Don't think you're going to be Enoch and don't think you're going to be Elijah. You're going to die. It is appointed unto men once to die. After this, the judgment. The rich man also died and was buried. Likewise, Lazarus, evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. See, more than not, mankind is concerned about the bottom line in their earthly ledger. And yet Jesus Christ admonishes us to reconsider that. Look of you in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. <clears throat> Look at verse 19. The Lord Jesus Christ says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rough dust corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through, nor steal. He says, listen, do not spend your lifetime building your earthly ledger, trying to increase your bottom line in this life. Do not give your life, your attention, your strength, your vigor, your mind, your attention to the things of this world. Do not make money your God. Do not make people your God. Do not allow yourself to build the ledger of life. Earthly ledgers. But I have a wonderful, wonderful summer or winter home. I have a wonderful uh, 401k. I'm, I'm really preparing myself for the future. My business is growing. My money is looking good. My family's in positive a positive position. Everything's looking wonderful. My earthly ledger looks great. Is that the goal? Sadly enough, it is for most Christians. You know I know that? Can I be so bold to say this? That most of you will spend more at McDonald's this year than you gave at the building fund. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Am I allowed to be honest? When people are willing to give $50 and $100 to the building fund? And that's supposed to be a sacrifice? I'm wondering what ledger are you building in? Is the pastor allowed to be honest tonight? Or does he have to continue to coddle? Can he tell the truth for a change? Or does he have to continue to tell everybody they're good boys and girls, even if in some cases we're not? What do you want from me? Do you want the truth anymore or do you want lies? Well, I'm going to start being a little more truthful these days. I want you to understand that there's an earthly ledger. And if we're not careful, we are very quick to want to build this ledger. Men, it's easy to want to say, I want to save $10,000 so that I can get a new kitchen or a new car or this or that. Hold on. I'm not telling you it's not good to have those things. Those are wonderful things and praise God if you can get them. But listen, do not neglect your heavenly, your eternal ledger. That's all I'm going to tell you. Because now let's take a moment. Let's just look at something here. Every single one of these men that we looked at, every single person that built their earthly ledger, every single one whose bottom line was in the black and never in the red, every one who others looked at and said that is what the epitome of success is, every single one of them died and left everything they had back on earth to burn up. They didn't take one dime with them. One possession with them. They didn't take one thing with them. And when the books all opened... Nobody will care what they acquired in this life, especially God. Let's look at a couple people very quickly who went ahead and said, you know what, more important than the earthly ledger is the eternal ledger. Let's just talk about it for a minute. Look, if you will, Mark chapter 1 verse 6. I want to talk about a man by the name of John the Baptist. He was six months older than Jesus Christ. He was his cousin. He was that voice crying in the wilderness. May I say to you today that John the Baptist wasn't real popular with men. John the Baptist's bank account wasn't very full. His earthly ledger was looking pretty weak here. You opened it up and you said, where are you at, John? He says, i got a big zero over there in the corner. I ain't got a whole lot there. If anything, I, I got a few locusts. i got a couple locusts and I have the clothes on my back. That's about what my earthly ledger consists of. Notice in Mark chapter 1 verse 6, And John was clothed with camel's hair, and with a girdle of a skin about his loins, and he did eat locusts and wild honey. That's a far cry from those we read about just a moment ago, whose earthly ledgers just abounded. Wait a second, John's earthly ledger, excuse me, earthly ledger was looking pretty weak. You were going to be, he wasn't going to be invited to any king's houses for supper. He wasn't going to be the talk of the town. If anything, he was the joke of the town. But boy, let me tell you something. Let's just get down to it. John the Baptist, the Bible said there'd be none like him in the kingdom. None like him. You know what he did? He gave up the earthly ledger and said, you know what, I'm not about building that one. I'm about building this one. I'm about building an eternal ledger, a heavenly ledger. I know my life is only so long. I realize it's but a vapor. It uh, uh, only appears for a little time. I realize I can't boast myself of tomorrow. For I don't know what a day brings forth. But what I know is if you take my head, King, I'm still going to be in heaven and i got everything waiting for me. You know, John left nothing on earth when he left. Nothing. Like I said, maybe he had an extra set of camel hair boots. Or maybe by chance he had a few extra locusts hanging around. But when it came down to it, he had nothing nobody in this world really wanted. All he had was what he had invested in eternity. And yet when it all came down to it, when he closed his eyes in death, everything everything that he had done in life had gone ahead. Because he'd invested in eternal the eternal ledger. Look in Mark chapter 12, would you? You say, I wonder how much money John gave to the building fund. I'll guarantee it wasn't a whole lot. He didn't have much. And you know what? Some of you don't have a lot either. I wonder how much he gave to faith promised missions. Probably not a whole lot because he just was a mission. He just became the missionary. I wonder how much he gave in tithes and offerings. It probably wasn't a whole lot. All I know is he was out there preaching. I wasn't making a whole lot of money. Hey, listen, that's not how God judges your life. Hey, we, we come up to another woman. We'll see that. <clears throat> Notice in Mark chapter 12, we see a widow woman. Jesus sat over against the treasury, and behold how the people cast money into the treasury. And many that were rich cast in much you know, you could be the biggest giver in the church and be, be out of the will of God. Do you realize that? Your spirituality is not gauged by how much you give. Especially money. At least, if anything, it's not gauged by money. It's gauged by how much you give your heart to Jesus Christ. I didn't say how often you go soul-wanted. I didn't say how many times you come to church. I didn't say how many Sunday school classes you teach or how many bus routes you run. I'm talking about commitment and dedication to the Lord Jesus Christ. Something that goes far beyond service. This widow woman, the Bible says, there were those that, as he stood by the treasury, cast money into the treasury. They gave much that were rich. And there came a certain poor widow. She threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples. He said unto them, fellas, he's like, fellas, come on, get over here. Come here, come here. Come over here. Yeah, you, get over you. He got them around him. And he said, <clears throat> Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow have cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. Now hold on. He said that the rich cast in much. Wait a second. Now he says, than all them. What's he saying? He's saying, Take all the rich men. Add them all up. Add everything they gave from their earthly ledger to the work of God. And this widow woman gave or outgave them all. Combine them all. She gave more than all of them put together. For all they did cast in of their abundance... What's he saying? They gave what they could afford. But she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. She gave the money that was going to buy her dinner that night. They gave a lot more money than her, but they had it to give. One of the ways you know if you're investing in this ledger versus, excuse me, this ledger, the earthly one versus the eternal one. Do you give what you can afford or do you give what you can't afford? Jesus wasn't impressed with their big giving. He was impressed with her giving. Because she, she didn't care about the earthly ledger. All she cared about was the eternal one. Man, do you realize what happened to that woman? She had nothing. She had no she didn't have two nickels to rub together. And yet her name, or her at least story, is in the Word of God, and it is forever recorded there. Do you realize that this book is recorded in heaven? Do you realize with me for a minute that way off into eternity somewhere you'll still be reading about that widow woman because she made it a point to invest in her eternal ledger I can't I don't have time to go soul and I have to cut my grass I mean, there's never another time in your life you work that many hours that the only, only time possible to cut your grass is when you should be witnessing? Wait a second. What are we talking about? What ledger are we really investing? What ledger are we really trying to build here? Do you realize your yard will be burned up? matter of fact, probably some crazy teenagers are going to come driving down the road one night, run right through your property, leave big old, you know, ruts right through the middle of it. And you're going to go crazy. You know why? You know why you'll lose your mind? You know why you want to beat somebody up? You will know why you want to get a rope and hang it from a tree and have a hanging? You know why? Listen, I'll tell you why. Because that earthly ledger is much more important than the eternal one. Really. I mean, I'm not, I'm not opposed to having a nice looking yard. You should see mine. It's lovely. Okay, so maybe it's not as lovely as it like these. That widow woman. She got it right. She said, you know what? I have nothing in this earthly ledger. Man, I'm going to tell you something. This eternal one's full. Finally, I think of Peter and Andrew. The Bible says in Matthew 4, I know some of you are tired of this already, but let me just finish up. Chapter 4, verse 18 through 20. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren. Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. He's saying they were fishermen. They were fishermen. You know, it was a family business, of course. Been doing that for decades. I'm sure that there had been generation after generation of fishermen in their family. Here they were now, following in the footsteps of Daddy. And Jesus comes along and saith unto them, Follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men you know what ledger they decided to start investing and in building in? <laughs> you know the answer, don't you? The eternal one. How do we know that? Because they went ahead and gave up the family business, which would have increased the earthly ledger. In favor of the eternal one. that did not provide the kind of finances that made them feel very secure. Straightway they left their nets and followed him. Can you imagine, ladies, if tonight, following the service, if the invitation is given, your husband walks an aisle, gets to an altar, feels the call of God on his life gets off that order, comes back to you and says, God has called me to preach. I'm going to quit my job. We're moving and going to Bible college. Or we're going to go ahead and start going to Bible college here at this church and I'm going to go ahead and get out of my job and I'm going to start preaching in the next three years. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Let's slow down a minute. Wait a second. You realize you're only five years to retirement. You do know you're only ten years to retirement. You do know. Before you make that decision, before you allow an emotional... High to cause you to throw away everything you've worked for. Do you know why we respond like that immediately? Because really, this is the one we're really building in more than any. Because we're more concerned about our future financially than we are about our future eternally hold on, I'm not saying don't discuss it and I'm not saying you don't need to talk about it and I'm not saying that there's going to be maybe a little bit of transition and even a little bit of concern and fear along the way, but let me tell you something, if your husband is legitimately everything he claims to be on the on the inside that he claims to be on the outside, if he is consistent in his Christian life and in his work and he hears the call of God, the voice of God, and he goes ahead and he says yes to Jesus Christ, let me tell you, you ought to be glad that he's going to follow God and in invest in eternal things. But you know what? The earthly ledger just seems to be a little bit more popular these days than the eternal one. And yet, I wonder which one Howie Chizik is concerned about tonight. I wonder. Do you think we really have to even discuss that question? Do you think he cares that for almost 40 years he was on the radio talking to America, that he was the voice of Akron? Do you think it really even matters tonight that he helped children and that he started the Helping Hands uh, Fund? Do you think it even matters how much he, he acquired for charities and how he tried to help people? In the end, let me tell you, if he did not invest in that earthly, uh, that heavenly ledger, he is spiritually and eternally bankrupt tonight. And let me tell you what, there's Christians across this country that come to services night in, night out, day in, day out, that are going to make their way onto heaven's shore, enter into those gates, and into the presence of Jesus Christ, and they're going to realize at that moment they have spent their life building the earthly ledger to be simply bankrupt in eternity. Because the books will be opened. I don't know what anybody gave in this room. I don't. I didn't even look. And if I did see the numbers, I honestly don't remember any. I'm very good at forgetting things. I saw the numbers that were given. I did not see who gave the numbers. Listen to me. Whether it's financial. Whether it's your energy, your time, your effort. Realize this very distinct truth. That the books are going to be opened. There's not one thing that you accumulate in this earth that's going to last. It'll all be burned up. The only thing that matters is what you've done for the cause of Christ, for Jesus Christ. That's all that'll matter. That's all that'll matter. Why do you go to work every day? Say, to get a paycheck. That ought to be a mission field to you. You ought to go there as a missionary every day. See, because you want not only to get a paycheck that fills your earthly ledger, you want to make sure you're getting fruit that abounds. That one day when you stand before Jesus Christ and He opens that eternal ledger, He says, you are a witness at work. You spent your time hunting out the lost, trying to be a witness and a testimony to a world that's in darkness. You gave your life to me. Although you spent time having to provide for your family and by means of maybe providing for God's house and your family and others, you took the time to focus your attention on me and my things. Eternal, ledger You don't have to be a preacher to abound in this one. The widow woman showed us that. You just need to be faithful to Jesus Christ in every aspect of your life and being. In each case, these men, their earthly ledgers looked good. And then on the other set, their earthly ledgers looked poor. But those books are going to be opened. Jesus said to his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Do you realize nothing matters? Nothing in this life matters the moment you take your last breath. Nothing. 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 Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Let's make a decision to fill it up. To fill up the earthly, the, the heavenly ledger, the eternal ledger. Father, we come to you.